You're listening to Art and Magic, and I'm your host, Devin Walls. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This week's episode is a continuation of our deep dive into style development. This is the second one. Next week will be the last one. And today we're going to talk about something that is hard for me to talk about. I mean, truly, I, I'm excited to put this episode out, and I'm also nervous, um, nervous because it's a nuanced topic, and nervous because it's personal to me in the sense that I have dealt with being copied this year in particular, and there was a time when I was starting out where I was really navigating how to weed out my influences. And so I empathize with that space as well. And I think that people on, I don't want to say both sides, because I think it's agreed upon that copying is bad. (laughs) We shouldn't be doing it. Um, It doesn't make anybody feel good. But I think if you've been copied, you can have really strong feelings about it because you know how horrible it feels. And I think if you're in a place of being overly influenced, you might be kind of like hiding in shame. Even if you're trying to weed out your influences and wanting to find your own style, but just really struggling to do so, you might really be feeling like you're doing your best and it's just not happening and you feel really embarrassed about that. And so this conversation could like also be triggering for you in that respect. So I'm here to um, acknowledge both positions, to speak a little bit, um, to people who might be experiencing either or both, and really just have an open conversation about how this is a real thing. It's a real thing to go through being copied and like what that does to you. And it's a real thing to try and develop your style when you're first starting out and like not know how to break away from your influences. So I'm going to tread gently. I invite you to be open-minded from wherever you're at in your journey. And that being said, like I'm excited because it's also a really interesting topic and something that we all have to deal with. So before I get into um, the meat of the episode, I do want to remind you that Unique, the style development workshop series that I'm teaching, is open for enrollment right now. It's the only thing I'm teaching this year, so if you've wanted to work with me or take a course with me, this is your chance. And given that it's the only time that I had to teach something, I wanted to pick the thing that I knew really has the biggest impact for artists. I've said this in the past episode, but if you're wanting to progress your career, grow your audience, get more opportunities, feel more confident, enjoy your work more. To me, that all comes down to having your work be really yours and of, sub- of substance. And that's what this style development workshop series is designed to help you gain and move through. It's a series of five workshops and small group meetings over the course of 10 weeks. So there's lots of room for you to work on your work and receive feedback in real time. And while there's many aspects to style development that we're going to cover from your aesthetic to your content, your story, um, if you clicked on this episode because you're like, I really need to weed out my influences, I'm in that place of feeling worried that my work isn't totally my own and it's making me feel uncomfortable to share and I'm just stuck and like that's where you're at, I, I literally designed this workshop series to help get you out of that place. 
Um, it's a welcoming space. It's a no judgment space. And um, I'm just really excited to get started. So you can get all the information with the link in the show notes. And all that being said, let's get into today's episode. So I want to start this conversation by addressing the position of being copied, mainly because it's going to be short and sweet, but I don't feel like I can have this episode without um, getting into it a little bit. So I, like I mentioned, have encountered being copied um, multiple times, but especially this year, and it's been really challenging. It, If you've gone through this, like you know, it just makes you feel sick. You're wondering how to deal with it. Um, Sometimes you deal with it and it goes over fine, and sometimes you deal with it and it doesn't go over fine, and it's just, it's not a good position to be in, and it feels really unfair, right? It feels like you've been violated because you kind of have been. I certainly don't have the answers in this department, but I have a couple just like notes and things I want to offer to you if you find yourself in this position. The first thing is to stand in your truth. I know that when people have sent me someone's work that's too close to mine, I initially get a really bad feeling. Like I see the work, I can feel how it's too similar to my own. And then almost immediately a voice of questioning comes in. It's almost like I'm invalidating what I'm seeing. And I'm like, well, is that really mine? Are they really copying me? Did they really get it from me? Is it really too close to my work? And it's it's almost like I'm violating my own truth when I do that. And maybe not everybody has that tendency, but if you do, um, I just want to encourage you to trust your initial instinct um, and to stand, like if even if it's not an exact replica of your work, if you get that sick feeling, um, you wouldn't have it for no reason. So I just want to... I just want to validate you if you're feeling that way. Uh, The next note is you have permission to DM this person or to not DM them. It's completely up to you and what feels healthiest for you. I think that there is absolute benefits in having boundaries and alerting this person because sometimes they might not know, right? Like they they might have no idea that their work is too close to yours and it needs to be pointed out before it spirals too far. Um, at the same time, as you probably know if you've had to go through this, it takes a lot of energy to DM someone. Um, if you become highly visible, which I'm not, but I'm just like imagining that if I became super visible and had to deal with this all the time, it would be a full-time job and that would not be a good use of my energy. So whatever feels right for you, I think you have full permission to do. I tend to be of a, a bit of a conflict avoidant. And so my challenge to myself this year was to reach out to people. Um, if nothing else, just to kind of state some boundaries and express my feelings. And I can just say with total honesty that there were a couple conversations that went really well, even if it was uncomfortable, and a couple that didn't. And I think that just points to the truth that you don't know how the other person's going to respond. So if you do choose to send a DM, like just be prepared for that. Like Be prepared that you might not get the result that you're desiring, but that it's more just an exercise in you speaking your truth and like standing up for yourself and for what's right. Um, the other note I want to add here is that if you are going to reach out, I just really encourage kindness because like I said, you don't know what the other person, how they're going to respond on the other end. I think it's important to give people the benefit of the doubt. Um, 
I think it's important to leave room for repair and um, we're going to get into this more later, but just empathizing with the fact that they might not know what they're doing. They might be a total beginner. They might need to learn some things. And while it's certainly not our job to teach anyone, I just, I do think it's better for the community if we can be as kind as possible, um, while being firm and speaking our truth. Um, my next little note is about the importance of community. Because it does take so much energy for the artist to say something every time, um, to send these DMs, if you're in a place where you see somebody copying somebody else's work and, and it feels right for you, I do encourage you to reach out to that person. You don't need to publicly shame them. You don't need to send them a super mean DM, but maybe just alerting them like privately. Hey, I I just found your work and I don't know if you're aware of this, but it feels really similar to this other artist, even a little bit too close. Um, I just wanted to bring that to your attention because um, it seems like maybe incorporating some of your own stuff might be of benefit to you. Like something like that. I I know it's like we don't want to feel like we're policing each other, but I can say from my perspective of the artist that doesn't want to have to be like in everybody's DMs all the time, that really, really helps us out. And when I've had other people stick up for me in that way, I just really appreciate that they've saved me the emotional <laughs> labor of having to like go in and do it myself because when it's your own work, it's it's so much more taxing. So um, I think community and like us looking out for each other with kindness is really important. So the last thing I want to add is just a note about some perspectives that might we might have if we've been copied. I know for me, it makes me want to distance so far from whatever element has been copied, and that's really not fair. Um, But if you need to do that, you do, and I think it's a normal experience. But something I've been trying to practice is not not, um, letting the experience make me feel scarce or like I need to protect and copyright and like bring this kind of energy to the table. I would really like to believe that, you know, my work is always evolving and like nobody will ever be able to take from me my uniqueness, my mind, my um, just like myself as an artist, you know, like our work is so much more than just the mark that we put on the page, right? It's like us and our journey and what we care about and the decisions we're going to make. And nobody will ever be able to replicate that or take that from you. And so if you're feeling like somebody has really robbed you of your thing and now it can't be yours anymore, I just want to let you know that that's not true. I know that after going through this experience a lot, artists can tend to become pretty jaded and like want to be really secretive with their work. And I would really like to make a case for fighting against that, for continuing to stay open, um, continuing to share techniques and things when people ask. I mean, you're certainly not obligated to do that, but it's more just like a feeling for me. Um, Because at the end of the day, I think that's what facilitates supporting everybody, like developing their own style. And, um, you know, it's just like not the kind of energy that I want to put out. And it, more importantly, you know, it's like, not the way that feels good for me to operate. Like I want to be making art in a way where I want to share and I don't feel scared. And um, like just trusting that people will also eventually move on and 
like either move on to copying someone else or move on to developing their own style if they continue to make art long enough. I think it's pretty unusual that somebody will steal from somebody and then stay on that style for like five years, you know? So just trusting that people are in their natural processes, hopefully that will occur and to just like keep your head down and keep doing your own work and pushing your work forward. Okay, moving on from that into a a more nuanced part of the conversation, which is how to tell if your work is overly influenced. This is a much murkier pool of water than just copying. You know, we all know what copying is. It's essentially like a replica. Um, But in the art realm, we get into influences, right? And I think if you're an artist starting out, being able to even discern if your work is too influenced or not can be confusing. And I have to say, like, this is not just restricted to beginners. Um, We can all, like, move into a space where we find another artist that resonates with us so much that we almost can't help but start to channel a little bit of what we see. And so it's something to keep in check, like, no matter how beginner or advanced you are. So I want to offer some like guidelines for how to tell if your work is overly influenced and and just some of the things that I see in work that is too similar to another kind of work. Okay, the first one's the most obvious, but you know a work is too heavily influenced if it's too resemblant to one other artist. And I think this idea was made pretty public and popularized by Um, the book Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon, where he talks about stealing smartly. And that means stealing from many people, not just one. And I have mixed feelings on that. I don't really think that's like the best way to develop your style. But I do think he's correct that it's not okay to take from just one person. And if you are going to piece together a style by looking at other art, you best be looking at like 20 to 50 totally different artists to make sure that your work doesn't look like one or two specific people. Um, my next point is is a little bit of an elaboration on that being influenced by one person. And you know, one thing I've I've heard people say in defense of their potentially overly influenced work is that, you know, so-and-so doesn't own birds or circles or the color red or um, you know this combination of materials and they don't own it and even though I'm using it I they don't own it like they they can't say that it's just theirs and so it's fine for me to do those things too and in essence of course that's true nobody has ownership over these like very fundamental symbols or colors or materials or whatever However, what I see in work that's too influenced is that they're using it too much in the way that the other artist is using it. And to be more specific about that, it usually looks like they're using, let's just say a bird, for example, um, in combination with other signature things from the artist that they're taking from. So let's just make up this artist, Jennifer. I'm literally making this up on the spot. And her work tends to always have birds and fire and the color purple and a ton of white space and little charcoal check marks. (laughs) This is the weirdest piece of art ever. I just literally made that up. And young artist Matthew comes along and he decides to use birds and white space and a little bit of fire and charcoal, but used in a slightly different way. 
one of those things on their own would probably be totally fine. But the fact that he's combining like too many things from this one artist is making his work too close to Jennifer's. And so to make this hit a little closer to home, if if you're somebody who's like trying to weed out your influences, I challenge you to look at your own work and look at it with honest eyes and try to see what influences came from where. And if you can count honestly more than one thing or two things that came from a single artist, it's too much coming from one person. Now, this can get really complicated and I think we all need to be, we all need to engage a level of awareness. Um... In one of the situations I encountered this year, a person was using some elements from my work and on their own had been using, this is so weird, but um, chains, like they had been using the symbol of chains on their own before stealing too much from my work. But then when they started adding in stuff from my work in combination with Um, like their own stuff that was similar to mine, it became like way too murky. And I really had to point out like, look, it's, it's not the chains. I see that you've been using those. But when you combine it with all this stuff that's clearly from my work, it's, it's not different enough. And so there's so much nuance here. And I think it's just important to really take stock and be aware of where the similarities are so you can make sure to diversify enough. Okay, the next thing that I I often see in work that's too influenced is not enough, um, like pure invention, not enough coming directly from the artist themselves that hasn't been seen in other artwork. So these are usually like ideas born of the moment, observations that this person made in real life with their own eyes or from other mediums like music or film or something completely non-visual art related. When there is only this tactic used of stealing from other artists and not enough coming like internally from the artist, there's pretty much no way to escape. It's always going to look like somebody else's art, even if it looks like many people's art. Um, So that's usually what I see lacking in like copyish looking work. And to go off of that, my last note has to do with content, meaning, and substance. So When people are being influenced, they're usually just taking aesthetic pieces like, oh, I like that rainbow or like, oh, I like the way they did that composition. I'm going to do that. And there's a time and a place for that. You know, like I've been saying, it's nuanced. But what's really lacking is is decisions and invention and inspiration that is beneath the layer of something aesthetic. So people who are creating their own work and their own style, it's being born of ideas that often aren't don't start as visuals. They're usually feelings, concepts, subject matters um, that they are then making visual, such as often the process of making art. But what you see in work that's overly influenced is it's just purely an aesthetic, like mixing up game. And, um, you know, on the one hand, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that if you're, if that's genuinely your style and you're doing that on your own, I think work that's just about beauty and aesthetics is like, totally beautiful and great. But I'm just saying this this tends to be a common thing that when work is overly influenced, it doesn't have much substance beneath it because it's just um, like borrowed visuals. 
Okay, so hopefully um, if you're like questioning if your work is too influenced, maybe like a light bulb or two went off in some of those descriptions. Um, and if you are listening to this episode because you've been copied and you need some validation on whether or not that person was actually copying you, maybe some of those guidelines can can highlight that for you. Uh, so now I want to move on to what do you do? Like if you're in this place, you're like, okay, yep, I got it. I know that I am maybe borrowing too much, but like I can't invent something out of thin air and um, I don't know how to move away from this. I'm going to give you some tips. First off, I want to say no shame. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, if Especially if you're self-taught. I mean, the way we learn on the internet is looking at other art so that we know what we like and what style we resonate with. And we try to emulate that so that we learn our materials. And that's just like a really natural process. And I don't want to say that you've been doing something inherently wrong by trying to teach yourself in that way. It is a thousand percent how I learned. Um, where things get murky is if you're posting that work as your own and especially if you're selling it. So if you're learning and like you just picked up a paintbrush yesterday, um, copying other people's work is a great learning tool. And I actually encourage you to do that, but don't post about it and claim the work as your own. So I just felt like that needed to be said somewhere in this episode and I decided this was the spot. Okay, but now moving into the tips. Tip number one, unfollow all of the people that are influencing you. This should be obvious. Um, I'm guessing that you've done this. Um, But if you haven't, that's step one. But it's absolutely not enough. You cannot stop there. Step two is you need to get really honest about what parts of your work have been influenced. This is how I think mature and smart artists operate, is they keep track of what came from where, even if it's just kind of in their head. Because if you just unfollow people and you like, slam the book shut, and then you just keep making in the same way that you've been making, like those influences and habits are probably already ingrained into your process. And they're going to keep cropping up unless you make a conscious effort to look them in the face and then get rid of them. So step two is take stock of what came from where. Um, Really like go through photos of all your past pieces. Where did that color come from? That shape? Does it remind me of somebody else? Um, Do I remember a moment when like I was inspired to create that? That's what you're looking for. Um, And once you kind of have that mental or physical checklist, you might not need to cut out everything. There might be elements that you're like, you know what, that maybe originated from seeing this person's work, but I've worked with it so long that now it's really my own and I can see that and I'm comfortable with that and I'm going to make the decision to keep using it. I think that is the... uh, thought process of a mature artist. So the next tip is to start to come up with ideas for your work in a way that does not rely on other visual references. If you are overly influenced by other people's work, you've probably been in the habit of creating your aesthetic by remixing other things you see, even if that's from like many different artists. So I think that this applies to people who just want to strengthen their style as well. Like maybe your work doesn't feel too close to someone else's, but it doesn't also feel entirely your own either. A way to remedy that is to stop getting ideas from visual sources and getting ideas from within yourself. And that sounds a little bit trite, but I'm gonna actually explain what that means. 
So I alluded to this in the conversation earlier, but one thing that seems to be a commonality of work that's um, not entirely unique to somebody is that it's lacking substance and content, meaning the way it was created was by mashing up a lot of visuals together, oftentimes visuals from other people's work. And while that might be used to create a unique aesthetic, it's lacking a connection to meaning, depth, and substance. So if you want to start creating work that's your own and creating work of substance, you need to let your visuals be informed by ideas that originate within yourself. I think what this can look like on a practical level is spending some time thinking about your interests, what you care about, what you're curious about, um, different ideas, different themes. Um, by the way, these are all things we go through in the workshop series. <laughs> um, but you get the idea. And once you have brainstormed in that regard, you need to translate those ideas into visuals. And you know, I think that's such a big part of making art, right? We're taking something that's not visual, um, that's non-physical, and we're making it physical and visual. Like that is often the creative process. Now, if you're not used to creating in this way, it might feel a little awkward at first. You might feel like you're taking a couple steps backward. It is likely that your compositions won't come together as easily, that you might feel like you're grasping a little harder to come up with things. And that's because it's just a muscle that you haven't exercised yet. I had a teacher who um, once described making art as like building a bridge between our inner world and our outer world. But the thing is, if we're not used to walking that bridge, it's going to feel really shaky at first. But I'm saying all of this to say that once you get in the habit, it will become more natural. And then it probably will become um, your typical way of creating work. You probably, once you start this process, are going to start conceiving of your work in a totally different way. And it could totally change your trajectory. Now, I'm not saying that it's not okay, wrong, or bad to create work on a solely aesthetic basis or even to mash up different visuals that you see, um, like not even related to art, maybe things that you see in life or um, from other references. I think that's completely valid. But if you are struggling in the influence department, this is something I highly recommend you integrate so that you can start to come up with some of your own original language. Okay, on to the last tip. Clearly, I am kind of of the opinion that if you've been overly influenced, you probably want to take a break from looking at other people's work. But I understand that this might be a habit that you need to change. It might take you a little bit of time to figure out how to work in other ways. And in the meantime, I don't want you to feel stifled, stuck, or paralyzed. So if you absolutely need to lean on a visual reference, because maybe you're even still using your materials and that's important to your process... Instead of looking at somebody's work and saying, oh, I love that bird, I'm going to take that, I encourage you to look at people's work in a new way. When you encounter a piece of work that you like, ask yourself, why do I like this? What specifically about this work is resonating with me? And I want you to get really specific. Is it your use of texture, color, subject? Is it a feeling? Is it a way that the pieces are all moving together? Is it the materials? And once you kind of extract those elements, then you could say, let's say, for example, um, they're working with modeling paste, like things are very textured. 
Well, then you might consider using modeling paste in your own work, but adding it into the way that you're already working. Don't just like take their exact use of that material and slap it into your current work. Or worse yet, like don't take multiple elements and combine it into your own work, as I was saying earlier. It's like you want to take what you're drawn to and just add that quality to your work. I think that's a really valid way of getting new ideas. So I want to wrap up this conversation by saying two things. One, if you're in this place of feeling overly influenced, you can drop the shame. You know, I I know it's it's freaking hard to learn how to make art. And the internet has been this amazing tool for us where, I mean, like if you haven't had exposure to art, like I didn't, it's this whole gateway to all of these styles and what people are doing and it shows you what's possible. And when you're learning your materials, it makes so much sense that you would emulate the things you're seeing that you resonate with. So no shame, no judgment. I totally understand. But I also know that you can kind of feel when your work is too close. And I know you want to create that style that's yours. I know you got into making art because like you want to see your own essence on the page, not somebody else's. And the truth is, with a little bit of intention and bringing awareness to this issue, you absolutely can shift your work from being influenced into a style that is really and truly you. On that note, the second thing I want to add is that it's okay if this takes time. You know, I would advise just trying to make one little shift towards your own style. I think it can be overwhelming when we're like, oh my God, our work's not our own. I have to uproot everything I've been doing and now I don't know where to start and then that's overwhelming and can be so paralyzing. So if you're in this place, just try and shift your work a little bit. Like what's one idea that's really just comes from within you that you can add in or what's one influence that you can commit to taking out? I think if you just did that piece by piece over time in a year or three years from now, your work is probably going to look totally different. And in the meantime, like you don't need to share your stuff. And honestly, if it's too close to somebody else's, you probably shouldn't share your stuff and say that it's your own. Um, Give yourself permission to go through this process in private. I know we all feel pressured to like get our work out there so we can sell it. And if we, you know, if we have big art career dreams, that can feel like a race in and of itself. But you and your work are going to benefit so much more if you just take the time, probably quietly, to find your own way. If this second part of the conversation about being overly influenced is resonating with you, like I said, I really hope you join us for the workshop series. Um, I created it for somebody who's in this position, somebody who wants to bring substance to their work and wants to have a place where they can work through being influenced. You know, I I don't know if that really exists because I know it's such a sensitive topic. So um, like I said, the info for that is in the show notes. We start on the 23rd. Um, This is a bit of a heavier part of the conversation, but honestly, it's a a really fun um, 10 weeks together. So I hope to see you in there. Other ways you can support the show are sharing this episode on Instagram if it resonates with you, um, giving us a follow over on Art and Magic Podcast, and as always, leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, That brings us to the end of today's episode. I will see you next week for deepening the conversation around style development. And until then, I'm sending you lots of love and tons of magic.